This is Jim. Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. When I was about 13 or 14 years old, I flew from Denver Stapleton Airport to Farmington, New Mexico to spend a week with my grandparents. I had gone there once before to New Mexico by myself, and both times as I flew on that airplane, I threw up mid-flight. I really don't get car sick or air sick, but there's been a few times. Those times flying to New Mexico when I was a kid. And that airplane was not a 727 or any of that stuff. It's little what you'd call a puddle jumper. Maybe held 30 people. Did have one stewardess always, at least one. I was always amazed at how small that plane was but it would bounce so bad when it hit turbulence and sometimes it felt like it was flying sideways sometimes it felt like it was flying upside down it would just be going along with those loud old propellers outside and all of a sudden it would drop and leave your stomach clear up there take a minute for your stomach to catch back up and then it would probably buck you a little it was quite a ride that's a bad feeling knowing that you're all alone up there on that airplane and you're thrown up in a little sack that's sitting in front of you there. Your mom's nowhere to be found. She's clear back home. Even though the stewardesses are nice and friendly and hovering over you and helping you all they can, you're still by yourself there. Well, I got sick one time, car sick. And that's when my Uncle Victor was going over the pass. He was taking me to a toy show in Denver. He had a gamble store up there in my little hometown when I was quite young. And he decided to take me with him. And he drove that mountain pass so fast and just whipping around the switchback so quickly, taking the corners quite fast, that I puked right there in his front seat. I remember him pulling the side of the road and trying to clean me off. He's always a happy-go-lucky guy, but I don't think I really made him smile that day. The only other time I can really remember motion sickness, I was riding a ride at Elitch Gardens, an amusement park there in the Denver area, and I was on this thing that spun you kind of around and around and around, and it made me sick. Now, I could ride a roller coaster, I could ride all kinds of rides and nothing ever would affect me. But that motion of the round and round or the airplane, I guess, back and forth and up and down something would cause that in me. It's always fun to have some little kid throw up on your shoes. I know that. Well, when I got to Farmington, my grandparents picked me up, took me home. Now, we always went there every year as a family, but this was a special trip for me. Second time I'd ever done it. And there was a family next door to my grandparents. They lived in a nice little neighborhood there. And this family had a daughter that was about two years older than me and real cute and really intimidating for a 13, 14-year-old boy. And her little brother, Mitchell. Mitchell was about two, three years younger than me. And he always played with my brothers whenever we went there. But that summer... I had brought my skateboard. Now, skateboards back in the early 1960s were not anything like skateboards today. It was almost more like, instead of a nice wide board, 
with a little flip in the back that you can knock it with your foot and it flips up for you. Nice wide roller wheels below it, made out of some unbreakable product. My old skateboard, and I did buy it at a store. I didn't make it or anything. It was more like some old-fashioned roller skates screwed to the bottom of a 2x4. Maybe it was a 2x6. I don't know. That's pretty much what I remember it looking like. It was red. But my grandparents lived on kind of a hill, and the sidewalk went down. It wasn't a real steep hill, but it went down maybe two or three, four blocks without any intersections. It was on the side of a hill, and over that hill, we would find like rattlesnakes and things when we played down there. So it was quite rugged, and there were never going to be houses built there, at least for a long time. So I could go pretty fast on that old skateboard. It wasn't a whole lot of turning because nothing was really flexible. But I could negotiate the slight curve in the sidewalk. And what it reminded me of was how I used to ski. I'd go faster and faster and faster, trying to hold on for dear life. And once in a while I would crash, burn. There were no elbow pads or knee pads or even a helmet. I just dusted myself off, got on it again. Well, Mitchell watched me one day. Then he came and he said, I'm going to get me a skateboard. I said, hey, that's cool. That afternoon, he showed up at my grandparents' house, said, you want to go skateboarding? I've got a skateboard. So we started skateboarding. We could mainly ride all the way down to where the intersection came, about three blocks away. We could really trip out going faster and faster. One of us would crash and the other one would laugh. That week there in Farmington, him and I really did become friends. But every time his sister came around, kind of looking at the end of her nose at me, a boy would come and pick her up. She'd whisper something to the boy and they both laugh while they looked at us skateboarding. I was very intimidated because I thought she was really pretty. But I knew one thing, and I knew that for a fact. Mitchell was much, much nicer than her. So I really didn't give her too much thought unless she was around. Then that's all you could do was think about her. And then she'd leave, and Mitchell and I'd have fun again. Or still. Going to see my grandparents, that was really a good time. They'd take me around. Their big thing was to go to the airport and watch the planes land and take off drive around and look at downtown, catch the early bird special there at Luby's Cafeteria. That's the first time I ever remember seeing a cafeteria, is going to Grandma and Grandpa's. It was amazing for me. There are all kinds of things you could buy. You just put it on your tray, like french fries and hot beef sandwich. You don't have to take the green beans. That was pretty cool. Get to the dessert section, there's pies and cakes everywhere. There's even a soft serve ice cream maker. You can go back for more. But you better just fill your tray then because Grandpa had to pay when we got through the line. It kind of reminded me of a deluxe version of school lunches. You had a tray just about like the trays back home where Alpha Ray is watching you and making sure that you get your fair share and that you're not goofing around in line. You can pick out what you want. In school lunches, you just had to take what you get. But you go through, 
and you can bypass all that stuff you didn't like. I thought Luby's cafeteria was the greatest invention of mankind. We never had a cafeteria back home, but once we experienced it there at Grandma and Grandpa's, when we go to Denver, we tried to talk Mom into going to Luby's cafeteria before we went to McDonald's. It's a wonderful experience. Eating there at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 3.30 or 4, eating your dinner. Of course, I'd always get hungry before bedtime when I ate so early, and I couldn't figure out why Grandma and Grandpa would want to eat so early. But then again, I couldn't figure out why they wanted to go to bed so early either. And the main thing I couldn't figure out is why they wanted to get up so early. But as I've gotten older, I kind of understand all those things, and I even practice a few of them. Now, I'm not real high on looking for an early bird special, but I do like my dinner earlier than I used to. It may be because I'm not coming home at 5.30, 6 o'clock from work, and I try not to graze all day. If I grazed all day, swinging by the cabinets, swinging by the refrigerator, I probably wouldn't be hungry at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So... They pretty much left me alone so I could do what I wanted, but they were willing to try to entertain me if I wanted that. There's no saying I couldn't do something. So Mitchell and I played either down that hill or on those skateboards all the time. My Uncle Vic and Aunt Margaret also lived there in Farmington, and their daughter Margot and their son Charles. So we go see them, and going over to Uncle Vic and Aunt Margaret's house was always an adventure. They had a big old poodle. I mean, this dog was one of the biggest dogs I'd ever saw in my life when I was a kid. And it was a house dog, and it run around and bark and get into stuff. Aunt Margaret always had a maid, and I always wondered why Aunt Margaret had a maid. I'd look at that lady, and then I'd look over there at Aunt Margaret and think to myself, I don't know why she has made. My mom makes us do all the work. Now, in reality, we didn't do all the work, but we had chores, you know, if you know what I mean. But that was Uncle Victor and Aunt Margaret's business and not mine. I know Margot. She is a couple years older than me, and I don't know if she knew that sister of Mitchell's or not. Farmington was a pretty big town. Charles was my brother Don's age, so I really didn't have anybody really my age to goof around with. Thank goodness for Mitchell. For some reason, I got to visit my grandparents, I believe, three times by myself while I was growing up. The two times when I took the airplane. And then there was a time before they moved to New Mexico, they lived in Bridgeport, Nebraska. And Uncle Vic and Aunt Margaret were going somewhere. And they took me up there, dropped me off, and I stayed there a week. There again, Grandma just let me do my thing, and I made some friends, boys my age. One of the most memorable things about that is that the swimming pool there, number one, had a high dive, which I had never really seen in person in my entire life. And number two, it was not heated. Back in my old hometown, once they had an outdoor pool, that sucker had to be heated. You know, if it gets 30 degrees at night in the middle of August... That water's not going to warm up all day, so it was a heated pool. And I couldn't believe that there in Nebraska, they'd have a swimming pool that wasn't heated. Now, the water was warm. It was fine. It was fun to swim in. I had a friend, I think his name was Jose or something. 
we palled around all the time. His whole ambition in life was to somehow get his bicycle up the ladder of that high dive after hours and ride it off the high dive into the water. He never did it while I was there. I hope he accomplished his lifelong dream. That had been a hoot to watch, you know that? My other grandparents in my hometown were always there and I was half raised by them. And that was a wonderful experience for me. And I really wish that I could have spent more time with my other grandparents. I have kind of that situation today. My youngest daughter lives in Colorado and we live in Kansas. And we get to see them a couple, three times a year, but it's not like I get to go to all their ball games and watch them grow up right there as I'm babysitting and give them rides here or there stuff. That action just doesn't happen for us. Maybe someday they'll look back at their childhood and think of my wife and I as I remember my grandparents in New Mexico. Family is a wonderful thing that you love each other regardless of where you are in life. I kind of think the way they used to do it where family all lives together, kind of like the Waltons, kind of like other cultures in this world, is not a terrible idea. But Americans are very, very independent. We could never let that happen. By golly, if someone's living with their mother when they're past about 25, there's something wrong with them. I think it'd be wonderful for Grandma and Grandpa mom and dad, brothers and sisters, maybe even great-grandma, to share a home and share our meals and share our life. But, you know, home of the free and land of the independent. That's the way we always should be, because freedom is not free. And I'm not going to get off on that. I'll just say appreciate where you live, if it's the USA or anywhere in this world. I understand that people listen to this podcast from all over. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoy my memories of living in that little town in north central Colorado. Wherever you go, whatever you may become, always remember how you got there and know beyond a shadow of a doubt someone was kind to help you on your way. You can find us on the internet at babyboomertales.com There are links there to many places you can hear our podcast a link to our Facebook page a link to where you can buy our book there's pictures of me and pictures of the country I talk so much about thank you for riding along today I'll be back next Wednesday peace out